All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Other Duties as Assigned. Got Scott here with me. It's just going to be us today again. I know you're all very disappointed by that, but you know what? We like the sound of our own voices, so you just have to deal with it. We'll say it's my fault. We haven't. I've had a kind of a crazy schedule, so getting getting my schedule to work with another person's schedule around an interview is, has been difficult for sure. Yeah, it happens. Um, but Scott, let's talk a little bit about what you do when you're maybe in a situation where you don't have an answer or you maybe just need some help and who, uh, who you call in those types of situations, because, you know, we like to consider ourselves jacks of all trades and, uh, you know, usually whenever nobody knows how to get something done, they come to the equipment room and we're the ones that have to be there to, uh, figure it all out. But yeah, I think you don't know. Uh, I usually, if I can't figure it out and I don't know the answer, I usually just cry and hand some of my keys and call it a day. Um, but it's been no, happening a lot for you lately, hasn't it? Man, I'm, I'm ready to hand somebody my house keys more than I am the equipment room keys. This we're unpacking boxes and I feel like I unpack boxes all day at work. And then you come home and you start trying to unpack boxes here and where do the outlets go and why does this not work? And Yeah. New house things. So I think um, I think the biggest thing is to keep a large network. Obviously, there's a lot of people through this podcast or Twitter who have built their network um, as of late. I've seen the equipment community more active and responsive on Twitter um, within you know the last year and a half. Maybe it's the pandemic being locked in, but but more than ever, um, I think you keep a large network. You know who is good at what or who works with who or whatever the case may be. And then when you have an issue, you just call somebody. You call somebody in that network and, and don't hesitate to make that call. Um, I know for me, you know, for an example, this isn't knocking any anybody, but um, at Marshall, I got here and we had just a little laundry hiccup. And it wasn't even a problem. It was just something that I didn't know how to fix because here at Marshall, we use Tide or Procter & Gamble. And I had not used that since I was in the NFL. And when I was in the league as an intern, I wasn't responsible for the laundry chemicals and setup and all that stuff. They told me how to press start on the washer and how to press start on the dryer. And then I passed it out. That's about how it went. So when I first got here at Marshall, we had an issue with some stuff, um, some rust on, on some white uniforms and easy solution. It's an old building. Easy solution was to, was to add a sour. Um, so I just didn't know that. Um, didn't know what tide offered, didn't know what they had. So my first thing is, let me, let me call Kyle who was a buddy of mine that worked for the Jags. They obviously still work with P&G being in the NFL. He immediately texted a couple guys that were, you know, his reps and kind of high up at P&G. And they, uh, you know, within 30 minutes, I was on a three-way phone call and they were giving me solutions. And within a week, you know, my rep was out there with some, with a sour and hooked it up and we're good to go. So it's, it's knowing that you have people out there that that maybe know something you don't have or have a relationship that you don't have that can be the bridge and it's it's knowing that every equipment manager out there is, is going to be willing to help you at least all the ones i know yeah and i think too um when you take a head job or you you leave somewhere as an intern and you know get your second your your first full-time position i always felt like i was calling my old boss like you know blake or Stu. 
just asking questions, right? Hey, how did we do this? Or how do you take care of this situation? I just went from really managing the day-to-day of football to really kind of overseeing everything. So what can I do better? I know you've, you know, they've taken time to prepare us for it, but you don't really know what to expect until you get there. And then it's, Hey, you have to manage this budget and process these types of orders. And not only are you just placing orders for, you know, Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, but you're also placing orders through all of these other secondary vendors. So who did you go through for these particular items? And what am I looking for in my contract? So I just, I know that I used to call my old bosses and then too, like, you know, you said, knowing who your reps are and talking to them and like your vendors are there to help you guys like Terry, who you can call on a Sunday. Hey, I'm having issues with a washer. And you know, if he, if he doesn't answer right away, he's going to call you right back or as soon as he sees it and he's going to, you know, be there to help you and walk you through it. So I feel like that's a very beneficial thing to have. And, and like you said, the, the Twitter side of things has really, really changed because when I was working in the industry, there was really not a whole lot of interaction for equipment managers on Twitter. Like guys had their Twitter yeah. accounts in terms of equipment rooms, and maybe you did some teasing uniforms or throwing a couple things out there, but that seemed to kind of be about it. It wasn't a lot about the communication between people and the networking side of it. It felt like because we had convention and all these different things that's where we wanted to do our networking as opposed to not having a convention last year and then a virtual one this year there's been a lot more people reaching out through twitter sending dms exchanging information so they can get on the phone and call and talk and really help troubleshoot a lot of the issues that that come up to where like you know it's really been a community yeah, I mean, and and for me, I've I've always had an equipment Twitter. I mean, I started one as a student at Georgia Southern, and so I've I've been very active on that. And you're right; it used to be more of just like, look at what we're doing, let me help promote our brand. And it has more than just the equipment rooms. You know, you could say you could probably say I think it's safe to say that they're they're more or less still the same. But it's people getting their personal Twitters involved with, let me connect with other people. And I mean, just this week. This is a crazy year, and it got some traction on Twitter, people talking about it, but it's been a crazy year in terms of delays because our our manufacturers are still recovering from COVID. I mean, at least that's what they're telling us. So there's, you know, Nike's behind, Adidas is behind, Under Armour, I'm sure, is behind. There's You're getting some stuff, but you're still waiting on stuff. Riddell or Shut, you know, might not have you know, your stuff yet, whether it's everybody sending reconditioning at once and they're still figuring it out or, or external circumstances, they're low on parts, whatever it may be, but it's going to be a trying year similar to last year. And, um, I just connected with somebody this week. I won't say who it was, but it was just saw that they were saying something on Twitter. So I went in and just DM and said, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing this, this, and this, what's it look like for you? And it was, it wasn't really, I won't say it was helpful in any way. We didn't figure out how to solve either of each other's problems or what anything, like that. but it was just good to vent and connect with somebody, you know, I mean, it's, it's nice to have somebody to share your pain with, right? Exactly. And it was, it wasn't, it was maybe three messages each. Like it wasn't anything like a big deal, but that you didn't need to be. It was as simple as, 
Hey man, yep, we're going through this too. Yep, nope, no work. Cool. That's it. Yeah, like, hey, you're not alone, but we're all going through the same thing. It sucks. But if you hear something, maybe let me know. Or if I hear something, I'll let you know. And yeah. let's try to, you, you know, keep this communication going so that if there's anything, you know, any word given to anybody, it lets everybody else really know what's going on because. You know, we all got our sweats, but we haven't gotten our practice stuff yet, or we haven't gotten legend tees yet, or, you know, it's... That's how it goes, man. <laughs> so it's getting it's, down to, like, the, the literal wire here, and people are waiting on helmets, and they might not be out of practice, or at least, you know, that first couple of days of acclimation might be a little different this year. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, you, uh, we start in August. Can I get my practice stuff? Yeah, man, we'll send your sweats. You're good. Every year, every year. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's Terry. You you mentioned Terry. Terry's a good one. I mean, Terry's someone that, just like you said, yeah, I called on a Saturday night because I was running low on chemical, and I couldn't get more chemical. I was having trouble getting more chemical, and Terry had it hand delivered Monday morning. First thing Monday morning, it was. I mean, Terry. Terry will go above and beyond for you. Um, and there's a lot of Terry's out there in this industry. So keeping your network big and, and finding your Terry's, if you will, <laughs> uh, finding, finding your, your, your go-tos and who's dependable and who gets it and who's going to be there in the, uh, in the trenches with you, so to speak, when you need them to be, that's, um, that's the key here and you'll get them. As you're young and up and coming, you'll make those relationships and then you'll use them as you become, you know, a head person or, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a whole department. You could just be in charge of, you know, three or four sports, but they're your responsibility and and you need you need something handled. You make a call. Somebody can come through for you. So those are big ones. Um, I will say I think that it's it's underutilized um, by a lot of the younger group that we're good at connecting with people and we're good at sending funny gifts on Twitter, <laughs> but you don't get as many, you know, this older group, you can send them, send them an email and say, man, I don't know what to do about this. And then you get a phone call. The older, the older group will talk stuff out with you for an hour. The older group will, well, show me what you're looking at. And they'll, it'll be a FaceTime and they'll walk you through. See that thing there. You got to do this. Like the older group, We'll go the extra mile where the younger group doesn't know. That's okay. It doesn't have to just be text messages and Twitter DMs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have to just slide into the DM. Uh, you, you can. You can ask, call me. I would say call me. If you don't have my number, ask for my number. Yeah. And, you know, even for me, like, I'm out of the game. I'll still help people whenever I can. Yeah. Pat's been you know, known to do that a time or two. I mean, it, it, it comes up and somebody just has a question, even if it's, Hey, I'm at Richmond. We have this and this, how did you, you know, how did you figure this out? I yeah. Mean, here's, here's, it, you, you can, you can, you can figure out what, here's what I did. You can figure out if that works for you. You might find a way to tweak it. That, that's even better than what I did, but here's a starting point. You know, you may not like it exactly how I did it, but here's how I did it. Now you have something to go off of, you know, a yeah. place to start. Yeah, and you can build off of it. And like you said, if you think it's the worst way to do something in the world, now you know a way not to do it. Probably is. I mean, chances are it was a much better way because I was efficient. 
Yeah. Okay. See with Pat though, he's also too. Yeah. Give him, he'll give you his number. You can call him. You could FaceTime him and he'll talk you through something. Just ask that he turns the camera around so you don't have to look at him. I mean, I've always been told I have a face for radio, so. Very much. But, and, and, and I will say it's, um, it's fun too. For, for you young people, don't hesitate to reach out because as I consider myself older at this point, which seems silly. I'm only 30. But I've been around the block a time or two now. And us guys who have done it, we, we find a little bit of joy in being able to help. Yes. But too, like it's comical for us, but not in a, a knock on you, but it's fun to see somebody going through like what you went through five or 10 years ago. You're like, Oh, <laughs> I remember that I called such and such and they helped me with it. So like, I've got, I've got my guy, Cody, who's going to come on here and just rip me a new one here in a few weeks. He said he's going to come on, but he's still at Stetson. He was my assistant down at Stetson and he'll, you know, he'll be like, Hey, where did you get the numbers for heat pressing for? Like, how'd you say you went about ordering those? Or, or it'll be, Hey, do you remember what this cost? You know, I'm, I'm trying to budget for getting these coach wants some of these, but I don't remember what they were. Can't find your invoice, whatever. And it's just quick little conversations, but it's remembering, Oh yeah. I remember my first time having to use transfer express, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's fun. Um, it's enjoyable and it's gonna it's gonna bring you back so you young guys we don't mind picking up the phone we don't mind talking this stuff out and i think that's the one thing that's not connecting between our new let's all be connected and be friends on twitter and our we gotta be there for each other and help each other we gotta connect those dots yeah i mean it's it yeah i think that Maybe once we actually get back into a season, you know, there's like that. Obviously, there's a lull right now. Everybody's busy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 all super busy right now, and you're getting ready for a season. Uh, but once that season starts, and you know, you start doing your prep for road games, don't hesitate to reach out to the to the uh, visiting team equipment or your home team, whoever the hell it is that you're trying to reach out to. Talk to them. Find out what the equipment room's like. If you have never been there, make a phone call. Ask somebody who had, you know, Scott's, you know, hey, you've been to App State before. Right, Scott? What's that equipment room like? Crap. They've actually changed everything now. So you might have, I think the old, I think. The, I, like, I looked at it in like 2011. So oh, that was miserable. Yeah, it was awful. The, the former visiting team locker room was atrocious. It was very, very bad. But now I think it's like the old home, t- the old home locker room because they've moved again to a new facility or something. But I go there this year. I'll try to see if I can't get a little tour just for you. Appreciate you. Some pictures and some video just for you, bud. You're the but man. You do that because the older guys, I've only ever been asked, dude, I'm, I hate to say this, but I've been in conferences where I wouldn't get emails the week of from visiting team guys or anything. And by like Wednesday, I'm like, if they're going to reach out, I'm going to shoot them an email. They're coming here. This is what you're working with. But everywhere I go, I'm reaching out on Monday. Hey, what's the visiting team locker room like? Hey, can we have these chairs like we did last time? Hey, we're planning on getting there at this time. That's going to be a problem. Like, you got to reach out. And the younger guys won't ever do it. The older guys, emails on Monday morning. I always know it's coming. It's, you know, Enzo from Stony Brook's coming. I'm going to have an email on Monday, and he's going to 
just confirm everything's good. He came by. Um, it's always the older guys, but Enzo was a guy who's been doing this a while. He wanted to see the equipment room. He's hey, I've never seen the equipment room. Let me come over. So walk him through. Like, don't if you if you want to get ideas for your own equipment room, the only way to do it is to see other equipment rooms. Why would you not just ask? If you're curious, just ask. You might not always have time. The home team might have stuff going on and you can't come in the building, but it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah, the worst thing they can tell you is sorry, maybe next time. Yeah. So if you're somebody, and, and this is not a knock on these people because there's a lot of them and they're good at their jobs, but if you're somebody that was a student manager at, we were just talking about app, you were a student manager at app, when you graduated, they made you a GA, then they converted your job into a full time assistant. And then the head guy left after 10 years and you became the head guy. If you're a guy that's only been at app, if you're not asking to see other equipment rooms, how are you going to know what anybody else is doing for their setups other than pictures you see on Twitter or YouTube tour videos? Go see some stuff. Ask guys what works. I mean, the, the last thing you want is to get a little bit of money and thrown into your equipment room. Like, go ahead, redesign yourself new space savers or, you know, new washers and dryers. You don't have anyone else's setup. You don't. You're going to make a rookie mistake, or something that someone could have told you. Yeah, I did it this way. I wish I would have done this differently. And then you could save yourself the mistake that of something that a uh, one small design flaw that's going to be in there for thirty years. Yeah, like thirty years. Equipment guys that are in that room are going to be like, I wish they would have put this here. Do yourself a favor, man. Just go. And it's it's good to talk shop. It's what we do on here. You do it in person, and it's just cool to see other equipment rooms. If you like what you do, why wouldn't you want to see where someone else works? You know, absolutely. And I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Find out what they do and what works for them, because if you aren't doing it and you're like, "Ooh, that's actually a really good idea," you never know when you might get a new facility or when something yeah. around you might change. That's why it's it's. I'm not saying it's the only thing you should do, but it's it's a good thing when you hire from the outside. I mean, there's something to be said about internal hires and kids that know like if you brought a student manager up and he knows your system they can step in as assistant easy no problem but if you're hiring people from other equipment rooms that's the good part we've talked about on here at the nfl like the good part those interns all come in from different schools with different ideas so you could do that you could you could give yourself that opportunity just in a normal game week you know you just go in tour on a friday while you know you're setting up just say, hey man let me see your equipment room. oh i've never seen anything set up like this how does this work for you now you've got an idea to take home. Yeah. And then you can start justifying certain things like, hey, they have a wall of shoe dryers when they come in. We are in Florida. It would be nice if I could do something yeah. like that. You know, I tried that at Stetson. You know, Michigan has those walk-through uh, showers when the players come in from the field. And, you know, you just walk through the little misting showers and into cold tub, hot tubs. But, you know, Stetson didn't buy me those. <laughs> tried. I don't know. Uh, might be a little out of the budget. Maybe at Marshall. There you go. <laughs> I think I'm good. I don't think I need walk-through uh, car washes for the guys. I mean, Just getting, I mean, some of them. I mean, you know how college athletes are. I mean, might be the only way you get some of them to shower. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's take it to a quick break. When we come back, then I also want to touch on some, uh, some Olympic stuff. Because as we sit here and talk, I'm watching – the women's volleyball kicked the crap out of Argentina right now. Don't cry for me, Argentina. All 
right, everybody, we are back. Um, I made a great Evita starring Madonna uh, reference before the break, and Patrick was just not having it. If you haven't seen it, it's a great musical. I encourage you all to look it up. If you hear uh, that noise, that's my dog. So he's running around. Um, I'm joined by dog and wife here. We'll let him get settled. (laughs) Awesome. Named after Georgia Southern Stadium, obviously, and he is very excited this afternoon. So, Pat, we're going to talk a little bit about the Olympics. Yeah, buddy. Um, So we've got the Olympics going on, obviously, as I look up. And I think this is Simone Biles doing her floor routine right now. Yeah. Um, And she almost flipped out of the stadium. Jeez. So, Pat, what's what's something are you – let's go ahead and ask now. Are you more of a Summer Olympics fan or a Winter Olympics? Uh, in terms of the quantity of sports that I enjoy watching or events for that matter, I would say summer Olympics. Mm. Uh, I mean, when you get the like gymnastics, swimming, the track and field stuff, like it, there is always like a must see event happening. So for sure. What about you, Allie? Winter or summer? Summer, hands down. But I will say the, um, Gosh, I don't remember the official name for it, but that skiing that they do where they basically like fly off. They look like the flying squirrels. (laughs) I do enjoy uh, that. But overall, there are a lot more summer Olympic sports that are interesting to me than winter. Yeah, some of the some of the winter sports, I think, are harder for me to relate to just growing up in Georgia. I mean, I've been skiing it like once, so I appreciate it and it's fun to watch. And I understand how hard it is just having done it once and falling a million times. But I just didn't grow up with a connection to it. So, like, I was outside playing basketball. You know, I was, you know, I, I've wrestled. I've done, uh, I don't know, baseball. You know, I've seen a lot of softball, obviously. So those sports are more more uh, things that I'm familiar with. But I do, I think anyone right now is going to have more of a connection to summer sports, just the average casual fan just because of the big name athletes that have come through lately i mean simone biles now is michael phelps before her usain bolt those are all summer sports that that obviously captivated a lot of attention sean johnson carrie strug you know going back to the women's gymnastics yeah but i do love me some figure skating i do have to say i think there is a good reason for that and i mean this is just my personal theory but i feel like there's a lot more summer um, Olympic sports that are more accessible to people. Like you were just saying, you don't really True. relate to the winter stuff. Well, you weren't in yeah. a climate of, um, that supported like winter Olympic sports. And also like anybody could go out there and run, you know, you don't yeah. need any equipment necessarily to, to go out there and practice your running and train for running. Um, but like snowboarding, like that's kind of expensive. Very. Yeah. And you have to be able to get up on a mountain where even even the, the winter sport states, if you will, have summer months. So, yeah. What's your uh, what's your favorite Olympic moment, Patrick? Well, we talked a little bit about this over the break, but I, I, it's kind of a toss up between two things. One of like my most memorable things and just thinking about this from when I was younger 
when Michael Johnson ran the 200 in Atlanta and was rocking the gold track spikes, like it just, I don't know why, but that is something that always is, you know, I will always remember. I mean, he was, he was so much fun to watch, but especially more recently and probably one of the most dominating performances we'll ever see in our lifetime lifetimes was the run that Phelps had yep. where it was, you know, like 20, 28 medals, I think is what you said. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just 20, disgusting. 23 gold. I was just uh, wondering who had more medals, Simone Biles yeah. or Michael Phelps, but that definitely has Michael Phelps. Yes. Yeah, Simone only has five. So, so far, so far, but she's 24. Mm-hmm. She's not going to reach his, but he's got more events. That's true. We, we talked about this during the break. He's got more events to compete in. That's true. Cause he literally did every swimming event just about, um, and he was winning golds in all of them. So what, what do you have a favorite Olympic moment or anything you can think of? Well, that actually brings up a good point. And I'm wondering like what y'all think about, different types of athletes and just the sheer volume of events and opportunities for them to medal and how that, how that compares across like the entire athletic scene when you're thinking about like the greatest of all time athlete. Well, Michael Phelps has a lot of medals, but he had a lot of opportunities to get medals that other athletes in different sports didn't have. But he also had to put forth more energy during these events where in the morning, he may, you know, race, win a medal, and then in the afternoon, he has to do the same thing. And in the evening, he's mm-hmm. got a relay. Yeah, like that's my only thing. Like, yes, you're not wrong. Where I think the greatest athlete in the world right now is probably Simone Biles. Where like she's literally just a freak athlete. But what Michael Phelps was able to do and be able to conserve enough energy for every event. And medal multiple times during an Olympics. I, I I feel like that stands alone. Yeah, that's nuts. It's all different. Like you could say, who's the greatest athlete to ever be involved in the Olympic Olympics? I mean, you've got all these individual athletes we can name, but then like, what do you do? Like you said, team sports. Like, well, Michael Jordan was in the Olympics. <laughs> I mean, really, is Simone Biles is the best right now? Michael Phelps was obviously insane, but were either of them better athletes than Michael Jordan? I mean, all around, who knows? I mean, it's different, you mm-hmm. know? So it's team sports are obviously different. And obviously all those basketball players are never going to measure up. All those team sports athletes are not going to measure up and medal counts because they can only win one medal per Olympics. Um, and they do share it with a lot of people. But I think, I think when you talk about just dominating your sports, it, it says a lot that Simone Biles is widely regarded as, as the best gymnast in the world right now and has been, for you know a couple olympic cycles but being a household name as a gymnast just in like i've never done gymnastics Allie, you've never been a gymnast well i have done gymnastics okay so she's done gymnastics <laughs> so sorry i know i know patrick but doesn't... i wouldn't call myself a gymnast no okay <laughs> But I know Patrick's never been doing, you know, any. He's never been known for his back handsprings. So the fact that we all know her name mm-hmm. speaks volumes alone. And I just want to point out, since this is an equipment space, can we just talk about the lid tards? The women's gymnastics team lid tards are so pretty. <laughs> was a, you're saying it was a good good equipment manager, or whoever that designed them. Is what you're saying? 
I don't know what the process is for that. I'm sure Nike or, or whoever provides them is doing gymnastics that. lid tards versus other types of lid tards. Why are you saying it that way? It's what? Le- leotard. Leotard. <laughs> that does not sound like. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to correct her, but leotard. Yeah. Okay. So do you have a favorite moment other than just any Olympics where you get to see the cool leotards? I've always called them lid tards. They're Leo <laughs> How do you spell it? Leo. So you know how to spell it. You just can't say Leo. All right. Well, we'll leave my mom on the phone and ask her how she pronounces okay. it. Okay. It's like okay. it's like Cool Whip. Say Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. <laughs> what are we doing here? We're just falling off the tracks. We are. This is, this is going another direction. Um. You asked me about a favorite moment. Yeah. Do you have one? Just anything when you think Olympics that you're like, oh, yeah. I don't have a favorite moment to pinpoint, but I we were talking about this just the other day about I have a lot of really positive memories around the the Olympics and Summer Olympics in particular because we're out of school and I would lay out the sofa bed um, in the family room and watch the Olympics 24-7. Yeah. And it was just fun. It was a fun time. I think that's a good good moment in and of itself of of what it the olympics means and we were we watched the opening ceremonies we couldn't watch it live but we watched it last night and just the creativeness of the whole thing the spectacle of it and it's just like crazy to think about that for over a hundred years virtually every country in the world has been getting together and just competing in a bunch of different events like it's it's really unique and yes we've got like the world cup and you got to qualify for that. And like, it's cool too, but like something about this is just different and it means more and it's really cool. Um, it's the only time you'll see me be like, Oh, badminton starting. You know I mean? I'm not, I'm not going to ping watch pong it. dude. Like love it. I'm not going to watch those sports. If they're just on ESPN, eight, the Ocho on a random Tuesday, but I'll watch it cause it's the Olympics and it's my country and it, it means more. I think for me, my favorite moment is, is, probably michael phelps specifically um because we talked about it off air too but you were getting all the espn notifications when he was about to race so i was you know being a kid at home for the summer just doing whatever and then you get the notification oh we got to go in he's he's racing in 10 minutes and it was that year that it was the relay and and france was talking a bunch of crap that's my favorite moment france was saying that they were going to win they were talking all this crap Phelps wasn't even the anchor, I don't think. I think he was like the two or the three. And he was, that was his like fifth race of the day or something ridiculous. And he didn't do that well. Nope. But I can't remember who it was. Was it Lochte? I don't, I don't think it was Lochte. Lochte was I don't think it was Lochte, but like the second and third, or like the third and fourth guys, like the anchor, absolutely. Like a guy that I'm going to call him a no name because I don't know his name, but he's probably a big name if you're, if you keep up with swimming. But he was the anchor and he came back storm back and you had phelps and lochte and all and and the fourth guy they had uh that already gone just cheering him on going crazy from from the dive board and what was the difference it was like 0.001 seconds or something ridiculous uh, it was like the length of a fingertip like it yeah for the to win for the gold over france it was perfect that france came in second and then you have phelps just going absolutely ballistic celebrating in the face of france after after all the drama and it was like well yeah the drama of the olympics and it's michael phelps 
and that relay team. And it was like, yeah, they win golds. It's what they do. Yeah. I mean, just like the emotion for all of these guys when they, yeah. you know, when they won and it was like, Hey, you guys were good, but yeah, it's maybe, like, maybe at, don't say something until afterwards. A hundred percent. Yeah. Wait, it's it, yeah. Don't, don't, you don't need to give them any more motivation, but that's the one that I can remember. But if you're talking about just knowledge of, I think maybe the best American Olympic moment, if if it's not, do you believe in miracles? It's got to be Dan Gable, right? I mean, he didn't surrender a point for for those like he's a wrestler. For those who don't know, and he went into the Olympics and did not give up a single point for the Olympic. Like, how do you do that? It gets overlooked, and I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, to be able to do what he did, it it doesn't happen. I mean, it, there's a reason he you, will go yeah. down as one of the best. Like, not only did he not get taken down. He didn't allow an escape or a reversal for an entire Olympics against the best wrestlers in the world. It's like it's like going in as a baseball team and having one pitcher the entire Olympics and you don't give up a hit. Yeah. Throwing a perfect game every game. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So those are those are some some of my favorite Olympic moments. It's just it's insane to watch. And I, I sit here, you know, we are equipment focused you think about this a lot of these athletes train with the you know they have a team around them coaches mm-hmm. and all that but in all reality do you know do equipment managers exist for the olympics like does the men's uh, basketball team like does our national team have an equipment manager or like the soccer team do they have a kit guy well i'm, I'm thinking maybe the team sports that would typically have an equipment manager i'm sure they still have one you would think so. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking maybe like these. See, the hard thing is it's easy to say like, oh, well, like an athletics department, Team USA probably has an equipment manager for like a lot of these Olympic sports. But the problem with that is it's not like an athletics department where our Olympic team is not centrally located. So like you're spread out. Like If you're a Winter Olympics, a lot of that training is done in Colorado, but it's not all at the same place. You know what I mean? There's just different. So I, I imagine for these individual sports, there's not a set equipment manager. I mean, but there's operations people for like USA Gymnastics may have like someone in charge of operations who, when they go to the world championships, they're booking the hotels and communicating with this. And maybe they're setting out their, you know, litards for that, for that <laughs> day, whatever. Litards. But, hey, she said uh, right. That's how I've been saying it this whole time. No. Oh. No, it is not. I still said Litards. Litard. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but it's uh, maybe I just had a moment. Maybe, but it's um. I, I would think for the team sports, yeah. Like, I doubt you know Brazil is there at the Olympics right now for soccer without their kit man. Like, I, I doubt that that like USA basketball. I doubt those guys are like carrying their own shoes and and bags and keep it up with their stuff and it being there. You know, I just, I, I fully expect maybe the equipment person, especially this year with it being COVID still a weird thing at this Olympics. Um, maybe they're not as involved. Maybe they're not doing all the laundry or, you know, it's not like the NBA bubble where they had a hundred million washers set up in a, in a big building, yeah. but you know, maybe they're outsourcing that stuff to, to staff, but you got to think that the team sports have someone helping get all that stuff to and from. Uh, different facilities that they're playing at. I feel like they have to, and it's, it's gotta be, you know, 
by committee almost. If there isn't an equipment guy, just everybody kind of stepping in, helping out where they can, whether it be ops or whatnot, or maybe it's like ops equipment and one other job that this person's running and they're trying to just kind of balance it all. But it'd be interesting. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause you don't hear about like the equipment person for us gymnastics or the equipment person for, you know, the U S basketball team, because chances are, if they have somebody like the coaches for the men's basketball team, I know I keep going to this cause it's like the bigger team sport, but the coaching staffs are, you know, from, different places where it's like Popovich this year. And, and, you know, before it used to be coach K and all of that. So it's just mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there isn't somebody. So I, I, I would like to know actually, but yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and we know that, you know, us soccer who plays year round, it's more of a big deal than USA basketball. Those guys aren't getting together and played at a bunch of tournaments and qualifying for world cups of basketball. Like it's not the same deal. But U.S. Soccer has full-time equipment managers, so you just—it's easy to be like, "Well, yeah, if, if we would have qualified for the Olympics this year, uh, um, then the kit man would have gone." But um, yeah, so it's an interesting question. Maybe maybe someone can reach out that that knows the answer to this. Um, as I look at this very sparkly butterfly-looking leotard, leotard. from. Uh, I think that's Russia. I don't know. No, that was that was Michaela Skinner. She just oh, crushed okay. it. I thought I saw a Russia flag before she went out. That was good. Good. USA. I think she was the one that um, was tested positive for COVID. She at one point had COVID, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it didn't stop her from doing that flip. That was impressive. Yes. So it's like the entire Team USA going and doing their floor routine right now. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. For qualifying, that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we've been listening without sound. I don't entirely know what's going on. So You've been listen- listening without sound or watching without sound? Correct. <laughs> we are just on, an, we're, we're, on another we're, train today. We've been doing a lot of household stuff. Give us a break. We're, hey, we're, we both have, brother. We both have. You're right. Pat's moved into a house much more recently than we are much <laughs> we less recently than we have, but he's still in that process so we're building out our basement and yeah yeah it's been fun getting after it yeah buddy we told before we told some funny um a couple funny uh monkey stories did you have any off the top of your head i want to include you on the previous Mm, half of the podcast no none that you can tell when we when we lost the citadel and he does his post game press conference, and they asked him what went wrong, and he said they whipped our fannies. <laughs> I do remember that one. That was a good one. Yeah. And then we went on to like the semifinals and lost, but yeah, that was a real eye opener for that team. Yeah. the The fun one. It's always fun. We've done this several times. Pat and I know Coach Munkin. That was the one we worked with together. So we've we've referenced him a lot. But I've worked for a lot of different coaches even at Georgia Southern. But um, it's fun because right now our strength coach, um, who is the GOAT, he was you know on uh, Pat McAfee, so that, that qualifies him as GOAT. Um, but he worked previously with Coach Hatcher at Samford, and I was with Coach Hatcher my first year at Georgia Southern. So it's fun connecting with him on our Hatcher stories. 
So that's another thing that I don't know that we really talked about, but within athletics that is fun for me when you meet somebody, you know, from whatever, and then you find out that you both know a similar coach or staff member or someone that you've both worked with. And then just the stories that you share from, yeah, that sounds like such and such. When I was working with him, he did this. And it's, it's always fun. Um, but I enjoy those, those connections. I've had a few of those recently. That's small world. Yeah. I loved one of her hatch was your guys head coach. All right. All right. <laughs> he got one over on you guys, didn't he? I think so. I know the last one wasn't good. So no, it wasn't, won. wasn't a good finish for him. No. Awesome dude though. Hilarious. Um, as a coach had, had a bunch of good one-liners. He had no shortage of one-liners at practice. And that's been most of the, the sharing is, um, finding out that he still uses the same one-liners. <laughs> oh, it just keeps him around, just recycles. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. Old coachisms, I guess. I mean, I had a coach when I was in, uh, high school football who always used to say, and this, he would say it all the time. If our O-line like during practice just wasn't doing their job. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, y'all are like a screen door on a submarine. And the first time he said it, the O-line being just a bunch of idiots looked at him and they're like, what? He was <laughs> like, the water gets in. Oh my God. Line up. <laughs> just line up. Like they had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Yeah. He, he had a, he had a few of those. Um, just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Well, is that going to wrap us up for today? I think it might. It's it's approaching bedtime for for me. <laughs> Patrick, I saw that face out of the corner of my eye. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't make any faces. <laughs> Not any good looking ones, that's for sure. I'll have to maybe get a screenshot of that one put out <laughs> on the Instagram. This is what happens when Allie wraps up the show for us. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Oh, I was just wondering, y'all were just back blabbling on about stuff people don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> She's not. Uh, yeah, we can wrap it up. I got to go to bed. I got a big staff retreat tomorrow. Patrick has got to go to work and uh, avoid any uh, angry Melinda because he stayed on past her bedtime for another episode because that's happened a time or two. Once or twice. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get some stuff prepped. It's been slow moving for us off the pod, um, but just how busy we both are. But we've got some things we're trying to line up. Um, so be looking out for that on the Twitter. Um, Pat, you want to elaborate on any of that, or do we want to just tease them? We'll just tease it. You know, there's a lot of things that are still in the works, so uh, I don't want to commit to it if maybe some of that stuff falls through, but. We have some cool ideas coming up and uh, some interesting episodes that we will love to get some of y'all's feedback on beforehand. And uh, just maybe some big interviews. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we look forward to seeing y'all whenever we see you. For all of you equipment managers out there feeling the delays like I am, keep your head down. It'll get here when it gets here. And, uh, what do you mean delays? And I'm waiting on a lot of my Nike stuff, uh, okay. waiting on helmets. I, mean, I didn't know what you What mean. do you mean, like flights? 
I didn't know what you were talking about. I was like, what is being delayed? But you're talking about like orders. Yeah. So any delayed orders, keep your heads down. Get them to the field one way or the other, whether it be football, soccer, volleyball, getting to the court, you know, whatever you got to do. So we've got a couple more weeks and then, you know, some of you may be just one more week, but it's, uh, it's fast upon us. So. Well, if I know an equipment manager, I know they'll always come through. There you go. And that's going to do it for us, folks. All right. We'll see you next time. See ya.